you know, sometimes at Mishkan David, we have a, a service, which is sort of like a, it's hard to give it a name. It's, we kind of put, we put the structure of the service away and we just integrate the worship with the word and we'll play a song and then somebody will share a word and somebody will share another word and another song will come forth or another song will come forth. It's kind of, we put the structure away and just let worship and words come forth. And it's, it's such a beautiful blend of, 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 of that, of worship and word. It's, it's, it's actually one of my favorite services when we do it. We do it uh, periodically. And the last time we did it was in the beginning of the year 2020. And I actually gave it a name this time, and I called it back then, which wasn't really rocket science. I called it the 2020 Vision Service. I mean, 2020 and Vision, that's like a no-duh type of thing. So we called it a 2020 Vision Service. And I, I really believe that in those types of services, really the Lord opens up the windows of heaven, and prophecy just comes forth, and words from, from heaven come forth through the people, through the music. And I really wanted to seek the Lord on what he would have for us in 2020. And I was thinking about that recently, that we started off the year with, um, with one of those services, 2020 vision service. And then I was recalling in that service, we were supposed to have the worship team up there and giving, you know, and ministering in song. And then a, a lot of folks, you know, sharing words. I remember what happened and everybody got sick. Um, I don't know who, who remembers that, but every, pretty much everybody in the worship team got sick and had to stay home. Many people in the congregations got sick and had to stay home. And I was thinking, I wonder if that was the prophetic part of the 2020 service, <laughs> that there was a virus. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. But even still, there, for the few people that were there, there were still some words coming forth. And I remember um, the word that kept coming back, at least to me, for the year, and that word was focus, focus. And uh, so today I wanna to talk a little bit about focus and what our focus is. Focus is an amazing thing because if you take a camera and you focus on something, what you focus on becomes clear and in the forefront. And everything else in the periphery becomes blurry and more irrelevant. So focus causes us to concentrate on something that, that is, needs to be concentrated on and everything else kind of dissipates. Everything in the periphery, everything that can be a distraction becomes less relevant because it's blurry. And that's the point of focus, that we focus on what's important and, we, and everything that's less important uh, becomes blurred so we don't pay attention to it. And if there's anything that I feel that God is teaching us in our time of lockdown now with this uh, virus and, and things like that in our quarantines, um, there's so many lessons, I think. I mean, one of the lessons, obviously, is, is resting and keeping sort of like a Shabbat, like God enforcing a Shabbat. But I think one of the lessons for all of us is focus. Like, what are we focusing on? Because he took away so many of our distractions. I mean, is that right? Like he took away so many of our distractions, our, 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 our concerts and our sports and, and so many things, even simple things, which are good things. Like, I don't know, going to the park or going to the beach this summer. Uh, so much was taken away. And I can't help but to think that one of the things that God is, is wanting to teach us in this time is 
focus and what we are focusing on in, in this time and refining our focus, fine tuning our focus and maybe even fixing our focus um, because what, everything has been removed. And, and I wanna share with you something about uh, the enemy. Uh, the enemy, one of the focuses of the enemy, Hasatan, the enemy, the adversary, one of the focuses, if not the focus of the enemy is to distort our focus. I want you to understand that the enemy's desire is to change and shift our focus, right? Like the scripture says, to focus, fix our eyes, to focus, fix our eyes on who? On Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith. Or in one translation, it says the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. And I like that translation because I like alliterations. But that's our focus, fix our eyes, it says, which is focus on who? On Yeshua, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. So what is the tactic of the enemy? The tactic of the enemy is to shift our focus onto him. Why does he want us to want to shift our focus away from Yeshua, away from the king, away from the general of the army and onto him? Because Hasatan, Satan, is the epitome of pride. He's the epitome of pride. He wants all the focus on him. He wants to take away our focus that we're focusing on the Lord, and he wants us to focus on him. Because that is the epitome of pride. He wants the worship. The devil wants the worship. So in order to get the worship, his tactic is to remove our focus from what is important and remove our focus from the Lord himself and put the focus on him. In fact, in Revelation, doesn't it not, does it not say that the beast demands our worship? That is the nature of the beast, to want worship. And if something is drawing our focus, listen, away from the Lord and onto the periphery, it's possible that a spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. This is so important that the spirit of the Antichrist might be at work if you sensing your focus is going away from the Lord and putting it on to something else. Because that is his tool. That is his, ars that's in his arsenal. That's in his arsenal. I was going to say the enemy is a tool. <laughs> um, but that is a tool of his, a distraction. Distraction is a tool of the enemy um, because he knows that's when we become vulnerable. And it, think about it, it's a ploy. It's actually a tactic of the military. Now think about this. One of the basic, basic, basic tactics in, in the military, in the military is distraction and deception. Right? Because if your enemy, what the enemy wants you to do is focus over there so they can come at you easily because your focus is distracted. So what the enemy will do, will put up a little fake battle over there and cause us to lose focus 
and focus over there where we think there's a legitimate battle going on, but it is a fake battle from the enemy. It is a distraction. It is a smoke screen. It is a smoke screen. And why does the enemy want us to focus on a smoke screen of his and not the real battle? So he can easily attack us. This is basic 101 military tactics, smoke screens, deception and distraction to take our eyes off the real battle and focus on something that is fake. Focus. Aronai wants us to fix our focus, to fine tune our focus during this time. I really, really believe that. In this Torah portion, we see these little examples. I hope I'm not muted. Evelyn, can you give me a thumbs up if you hear me? Thank you. Because <laughs> I can't hear all the amens. And I know that you all in your homes are running and jumping around going amen to what and helping me preach, even though you're, you're muted here. All right, so the Torah... And, and even our Haftorah portion, the Haftorah portion is the prophetic reading from the books of the prophets uh, that, that coincide with the, the Torah portion. We learn a little bit about focus because in this Torah portion, we have Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, or anglicized to Nadab and Abihu, uh, who lost their focus, right? There was this amazing thing happening at the inauguration of the priests and everything was going just right, but they lost their focus and they did something that they weren't supposed to do they authorized, they, they, they lit incense, which got, which, which the Bible calls unauthorized fire. So they got distracted. They lost their focus and they did something wrong. That way that road can be narrow sometimes, right? And they got zapped. And in the Haftorah prophetic reading, we see that story when the ark was coming into Jerusalem and uh, one man, Uzzah, he touched the ark when he wasn't supposed to, he wasn't of the people who needed to, who was supposed to touch the ark and he got zapped. Uh, he lost his focus and he went away from the, from the precise will of the Lord. It's so easy to lose our focus. And then the Torah portion goes into something very interesting. It goes into the laws of kosher, clean and unclean animals. And what does clean and unclean animal, the laws of kosher and what we should eat and not eat, have anything to do with these stories where people lost their focus? And went away from that narrow road and went away and followed something that they shouldn't have. What does the, the, the kosher laws have to do with that? See, the kosher laws is not just a list of animals that we can eat and what we can't eat, cannot eat. That is only part of it. The other part of the kosher laws is enabling us to identify what is clean and what is not clean. You see, the, the Bible doesn't just say this animal is clean and this is not clean. This animal is clean and this is not clean. The Torah doesn't do that. It gives characteristics of animals and say this characteristic is clean. This characteristic makes it unclean. So you, you can potentially not know what any animal is. I mean, we, we know now what a pig is and what a cow is and what a deer is and what all these things are. You know, but take a look at fish. Take a look at fish. I mean, we, we know what a pig is and a, and, a, and a donkey is and an elephant is and a giraffe is, but there's so many fish in the sea. Can anybody identify like, okay, this is a tilapia and this is a salmon? I can't, you know, because they look so similarly to each other. So it's not about recognizing the animal. 
the laws of kosher and the lesson in kosher is recognizing the characteristics of what is clean and what is not clean, right? Like the, it's supposed to have, you know, not have the cloven hoof and chew the cud and the, and the, the fish are supposed to have fins and scales. It's you're supposed to recognize clean and unclean by what it looks like. So I have to ask you the things that we're focusing on, does it have kosher characteristics? What we're focusing on in our lockdown, in our quarantine, the things we're focusing on, does it have kosher characteristics? What are we eating in our lockdown? Like we can't go to restaurants, but we're still consuming a lot of stuff. In fact, I'm hearing words that, that, that it's a lot easier to overeat during our, during our lockdown for all of us. So, but what are we eating? Are we eating kosher food? But I'm not talking about food per se. I'm talking about the things that are entering into our bodies, through our eyes, through our ears. What are we consuming? And do it, does what we are consuming have characteristics of kosher, characteristics of clean? Listen, here is what we should be feeding on. Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about such things. Focus on such things. I so believe, I'm, I'm, going, I'm starting to fall off my chair. Here's my feet. I'm starting to go crazy. If this is what we're supposed to be focusing on in our lockdown, God is, 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 is wants to fix and fine-tune our focus when the distractions have been taken away. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, these are the things we should be focusing on because those things are from God, the enemy, the, the author of distraction and deception, wants us to focus on the opposite of that. The opposite of that. And what is the opposite of whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely? What's the opposite? I mean, let, let me take a look at this verse and, 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 okay, so whatever is true, what's the opposite? That's whatever is, is false. All right, here we go. So the verse says, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think, focus on these things. Let's, let's look at the opposite of that. I'm going to opposite, make those words the opposite, the antonyms of those words. And these are the things that the enemy wants us to focus on. Let me read it. Whatever is false, whatever is dishonorable, whatever is wrong, whatever is spoiled, whatever is ugly, whatever is abominable, if anything is not excellent or praiseworthy, if anything is terrible or disgraceful, focus on these things. That is what the enemy wants us to focus on. But during a lockdown, God wants to fix our focus. Now, listen, we all have our guilty pleasures. We're all news junkies and the things that we're reading and the things that we're looking at, you know, they may be true, but I got to tell you that there's a, the things we're focusing on may be true, maybe not, maybe true, but even if it is true, is it truth? Even if what we're consuming, 
is true. Is it truth? All right, I'm going to fall off my chair again. Here are those feet. Okay, I'm going to fall off my chair again. Listen, you got to understand. You better sit down for this one. You need to understand the difference between what is true, what is true, and what is truth. You with me? Are you with me? All right, you better sit down for this or stand up and walk around or do something like this. See, the things that, we, that, we, that we're consuming, whether it's news or whether it's alternative news or whether it's uh, things on social media, they might be true. But, but it, listen, the, your, your politician, your pundit, your, your medical, even your medical practitioner, your, even your pastor or your preacher or any professional in this world may say things that are true. But is it truth? Listen, the disciples said, there's a storm out there and we're perishing, Yeshua. Well, that was true. That was true. There was a storm out there. They were perishing. What they said was true. But what was truth? Yeshua was sleeping in the boat. The storm would not affect them. Though there was a storm, it will not overtake them. Though you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. That is truth. Yes, there was tribulation. There was storm. That's true. But truth is in this world, you will have tribulation. You will have storms. But take heart, Yeshua has overcome the world. It's true, it's true. We may be afflicted and persecuted, that's true. But truth is we are afflicted but not crushed, perplexed but we are not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down and not destroyed. I gotta walk around a second, hold on. Come on, somebody, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Are you with me? Are you with me? See, that's the difference between what's true and what's truth. Listen, the spies, the spies, the spies went into the land and came back and reported what is true. The people are bigger. True. Height. They were, they were bigger than them. True. They were the size that the, the, the spies, the Israelites, the Hebrews were the size of grasshoppers compared to them. True. They, they saw the Nephilim there, true, which means that they, these people, the Nephilim, they weren't even, they weren't just larger than the spies, than the Israelites. They were actually sons of, of demons. Pretty scary. True. That was true. But was it truth? The truth is that, come on, the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is with us. We can take the land. That is truth. Who's the giant and who's the grasshopper in this story? Those demons are the grasshoppers and we with him within us are the giants. That is truth. The difference between true, what's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I'm having a debate with you. I guess what you're saying is true. True, but is it truth? True is that we cannot meet together as a congregation and churches and are, are cannot meet together in person in congregations, truth is that more people are coming to the Lord now because more people are watching these online services than ever before. The truth is that these Zoom meetings and live streams and are kicking Satan in the teeth because what the enemy means for evil, God uses for good. That is truth. I'm screaming here. True is that, you know, this person, this world figure, this, this, I don't know, this politician, this, 
businessman is evil. Well, maybe true. Maybe not. Maybe not. I've never met these people. I don't, I've never met, name it. I've never met Donald Trump. I've never met George Soros. I've never met AOC. I've never met any of these people. I've never met Bill Gates. I've never met him. I don't know. All I see are biased articles. Maybe true. It may be true. Listen, Nebuchadnezzar was throwing people into the fire that were not bowing to his false idol. True. That is true. Nebuchadnezzar was clearly an antichrist figure because he wanted worship, was forcing people to bow to an idol, and if they were not, they were thrown into the fire. True. But what was truth? Even if he throws me into the fire, I will not get burned. Even so, I will not get burned because there's a fourth, like the Son of Man, that will be in the fire with me. That is the truth. The snakes, the snakes, the snakes, true, true, true. Fiery snakes were unleashed and they're biting us and they're poisoning us and people are dying. That is true. There are fiery snakes out there. That is true. But what is truth? Look on the bronze serpent on the pole, not on the snakes, and you will be healed. That is the lesson of what to focus on. Don't focus on the snakes. There's plenty of snakes out there. If you focus on the snakes, you're going to get bit and you're going to get poisoned. Focus on the snake on the pole, the serpent on the pole, who is Yeshua. Stop focusing on the snakes. Fix your focus. Focus on the one who's on the pole. When you look at the serpent on the pole, you will be healed. Come on, come on, come on. I want to hear hallelujahs from everybody. Come on. Come on, come on. Lots of snakes out in this world. Stop focusing on the snakes. Remember the plan of the enemy is to distract us and to focus on things that are not really the battle. So he has an easy shot. Come on, let's just remember that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is teaching us focus in this time. Focus. Everything is, is a distraction. Focus on the author, the finisher, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Thank you, Adonai. Here's a couple more focus verses that we can eat. Here's some kosher meat for you. Colossians 3.2. Focus your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. That's kosher meat right there. 2 Corinthians 4.18, focus not on the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And then Yeshua himself gave us some kosher meat to focus on. He said, don't worry. Don't worry and say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? When will we get out of quarantine? When will they stock up on toilet paper? The Gentiles focus on these things. But your heavenly father, truth, knows that you need these things. So focus first on the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things 
will be added to you. Focus, fine tune, fix our focus. And he continues, do not focus on tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. So I have to ask you while we're in our lockdown, when our distractions were taken away, I have to ask you, are you still distracted? And this is a good homework lesson for all of us. Are we still distracted when our distractions were taken away by God? And he asks us to fine tune our focus. Are we still distracted? And do that as a takeaway for this message, for takeaway for this Shabbat. Is there anything I'm doing that's really just we're looking at, we're consuming, that is a distraction? Is there any food that I'm eating that when I expect its characteristics really isn't kosher? Is it passing the Philippians 4.8 test of whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy? Thank you, Adonai. Remember, it's not just it's not just pornography that can affect our body, you know? That's too easy for the enemy. Satan is much more crafty than just to throw pornography at us. That's too easy. There's a lot of stuff that's unkosher out there. Are we focusing on the holy fire of God? Or are we focusing on the smoke, scre smoke screens of the enemy? Are we focusing on the holy fire of God? Or are we focusing on smoke screens of the enemy? Of the enemy? Father, I ask at this time that all of us, including me, have, has our focus fine-tuned, Lord God. We give you permission this day. We give you permission this Shabbat to fine-tune and repair and fix our focus. Thank you, Lord God. We ask you, God, and we give you permission to remove distractions from us even more so, Lord God, if in this season where we are called to focus and when you've removed distractions, anything that we have been focusing on is a distraction, Lord, we give you permission to refine our focus, to fix our focus, Lord God. Focus on you, the King of glory, the author, the completer, the pioneer, the perfecter. And when we focus on the one who is the bronze serpent, the serpent on a pole, which means that he became sin for us because the serpent represents sin. He became that. You became that. And when we focus and fix our eyes on you, the fiery serpents can't touch us. We know that's biblical. And today we remember that. Father, help us. In Yeshua's name, amen.